Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again for joining a brand new podcast session today. I am your host, Miguel Lojo, a CSM from Netcore team here in the Philippines. And with me today, I am joined by a very special guest. Uh, he is currently the vice president and the head of the CRM team from Globe Fintech Innovations, Mr. Oscar Pobre. So, Oscar, nice, nice, uh, nice of you to join us today. And happy to be here. Yeah, thank you so much, Oscar. So I guess um, the first question I really want to ask you uh, for our podcast today is, how are you guys doing? <laughs> how have you been ah. the past year here in the Philippines? <laughs> right, right, right. So, um, well, uh, yeah, to be frank, the past year has been uh, quite a boon uh, to, to Gcash. Um, so our base actually grew uh, in, in multiples uh, over, over the last uh, 12 months. Um, so, and, you know, partly it had to do with uh, the pandemic um, and, you know, it, it wasn't just Gcash, it was, uh, you know, pretty much all other uh, like digital service providers mm. uh, or, you know, so uh, like e-commerce, um, you know, digital banking, other mobile payment businesses, uh, like everyone in this space uh, actually, uh, you know, witnessed uh, increasing, uh, you know, uh, growing customer bases and uh, growing transactions. Um, but I think for Gcash in particular, uh, you know, we, we actually outperformed the index um, compared to our competitors, uh, you know, we, we grew much more, right? Uh, so the, the next largest uh, or the, our closest competitor is actually uh, is several times smaller than, than, than where Gcash is today. Yeah, right? so uh, actually, yeah, I, I was doing a little bit of research myself and feel free to correct me on this, Oscar, because obviously you know much more about the business than uh, what I've been reading online. So uh, in terms of boons, I mean, Gcash has apparently recorded a 700% surge in transactions, a mm -hmm. transaction value of over 1 trillion pesos with daily gross transactions, and uh, a value peaking at 7.5 billion and over 6 million transactions a day. And furthermore, e your services has expanded that, uh, to reach even overseas Filipino workers so that they're uh, able to directly pay bills and even transfer cash instantly for free. So to be honest, I think that has been a very good year for Gcash. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, we are. Uh... We, we outdid ourselves. <laughs> yes. And to be honest, I think, um, you know, the behavior behind it, I mean, obviously a lot of people had to learn uh, to use Gcash or any payment wallet sort of uh, payment wallet type of service uh, in the past year. And I think, yeah, it, it definitely affected Gcash's business. But mm -hmm. I guess for, um, let's say, for people who are still sort of hesitant or who don't quite know um, what a payment wallet or an e-wallet mm -hmm. is. Um, what does Gcash offer uh, into the market or for, you know, regular regular people today? Right, right. So, right. So, yeah, so uh, Gcash, uh, it's, you know, it's the number one mobile payments app in the Philippines. Um, we have over 38 million registered users, uh, by far uh, the most downloaded financial app in the Philippines, right? Um, you know, we have more downloads than Netflix, Spotify, and Viber, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, uh, in terms of user base, you know, we, we have it, we, we are the uh, mobile payments company in the Philippines. Um, and uh, so what exactly does, uh, you know, Gcash do as a mobile payments app? Uh, so, uh, so one, you could send money to anyone, 
right? Uh, for free, if you're if it's to a registered uh, GCash user, um, you can make online and in-store uh, purchases, right? There are over uh, 1.6 million merchants that accept GCash, so this is a mix of like online and offline uh, stores. Um, you can pay your bills. Now we have around 450 billers, uh, including all major utility providers in the Philippines, including government agencies. Um, you can make purchases on credit, right? Um, so, uh, you know, uh, even if you don't have, let's say, uh, a balance on your wallet, uh, you can make purchases. Uh, if you, if you, if you uh, let's say, are, are registered for our G-Credit uh, service, then you could make purchases up to 10,000 pesos. Uh, that's our credit limit. Um, you could, you know, even save and invest money, right? Uh, we have um, uh, deposits and mutual funds uh, within the app, uh, right, for, for uh our deposit product, you know, you could get uh, up to 4% interest, right? Actually, uh, one of the highest um, savings account interests uh, in the market uh, today. Um, and at zero uh, maintaining balance, right? Uh, like typically in the Philippines, um, you know, uh, there's uh, one, one major, um, you know, reason for why uh, many folks uh, don't have a bank account uh, is because, you know, most people are cash strapped um, and uh, they sort of, uh, you know, uh, are, are, they'd be hesitant to just lock in their money and right. So uh, having zero maintaining balance is actually uh, like a pretty big thing. Um, and uh, yeah, on, on investing money, right, you could actually buy into uh, into funds, right, uh, covering different asset classes, you know, bonds, equities, like money market, um, and uh, you could actually also access securities from both local and international jurisdictions, right. Mm -hmm. uh, and for for as low as you know fifty pesos. Uh, uh, investment for for local funds and a uh, thousand pesos or twenty uh, or uh, around twenty dollars uh, for for global funds, right? Um, so uh, you know it's it's a, it's an all around app, right? You, you could buy insurance, right? We have uh, you know uh, health uh, health plans, you know, covering COVID and dengue for as low as three hundred pesos a plan, um, and you know we're, we're we're fast becoming your all around lifestyle app, right? We recently launched um, G Life. Uh, which is uh, yeah. it's uh, you know a, a space within the app where you can make purchases directly with with merchants, right? So we have like one-click payment abilities. Uh, you could also find like the best deals here, uh, and uh, you know we're we're trying to include all the brands that you love. Right? For sure, um, we have. I'm yeah, also so starting. Have, like, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm also starting to right. like go into GCash more than Food Panda, for example. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So yeah, well, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. Pretty much, we, we want to be the super app, right? Uh, your 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 uh, money transfer needs, banking needs, you know, uh, lending, uh, you know, e-commerce. You know, we, we try to be uh, you know in, in all these spaces. You know, so you have just one place to do all your transactions. Sounds, you know, it sounds like a very exciting kind of you know deal. But I guess Oscar, um, from a marketer's perspective, you know, like. E-wallets sounds like a very new thing, especially here in the region of Southeast Asia. Um, how would marketers sort of like look for ways to improve engagement for a product or a service that's like uh, e-wallets for e-payments? Right, right. So uh, I, I suppose the approach, uh, you know, would, would be similar to, uh, you know, many other service industries, maybe other uh payment companies as well. Um, so, you know, so customer engagement, uh, it's a concerted effort, you know, by all parts mm -hmm. of uh, the organization, right? Um, and, you know, these would be maybe uh, a function of 
uh, ensuring the right value proposition, you know, uh, making sure that our products, uh, you know, meet the needs of our customers, uh, making sure that the UX is intuitive and streamlined uh, so that we minimize friction for our users. Uh, and also making sure that our, you know, our campaigns and our campaign and our, our CRM programs are are relevant to users and, and generate real impact, right? So if, if we do all of these things, then you know, uh, customer engagement will naturally follow. Oh, I agree. Um, I agree. Please go ahead, Oscar. Right. So uh, so actually, uh, my my domain um, CRM. Right. Mm. Uh, in particular, we focus on developing and iterating uh, targeted campaigns mm, uh, you know, to see. improve customer engagement throughout the life cycle. So we, we generally structure our efforts, uh, you know, uh, across different phases, you know, uh, uh, from activation to habituation, you know, ramping up your user activity to the point it becomes sticky. Uh, monetization, you know, once you're sticky enough, you want to shift gears and you know, improve your unit economics. Um, and then, uh, you know, if let's say you're, you lose your, uh, your stickiness, your, your level of engagement drops, uh, we try to retain you, right? Again, try to increase uh, your, your activity, right? Um, and then uh, resurrecting you, let's say you fully turned, we, we try to have, uh, you know, different campaigns to, to, you know, to bring you back to life, right? Um, and yeah, actually, um, you know, we, we leverage on, on both you know, marketing communications um, and uh, you know targeted promos to drive these customer objectives in each stage and in our life cycle. Yeah. Right? So for for uh, our communications, you know, we, we always try to make sure that the content is um, you know it's it's very relevant to the context of each user. You know, in the for, in terms of the spiels and the visuals that we use. Um, you know, we leverage on, on segmentation and targeting models also to determine like who are the best people we should. Uh, give this uh, this communication to, um, and you know you know we look at you know a, a variety of uh, different dimensions also in like in crafting our message right. So yeah. we, we we try to make sure uh, you know we correctly select like what use case or product offering we're gonna we're gonna uh, uh, talk to you about you know what angle uh, you know what what aspect of the value proposition to showcase what's the tone of the message and you know even what language to use right like so in the Philippines you know most people. Uh, are bilingual. They speak uh, English or Tagalog, the local language. Yeah. Um, sometimes you even have your own dialect, right? So, uh, you know, and we've actually tested this out. Uh, you know, figuring out like what uh, language works best for for what uh, types of profiles, right? Um, and you know, yeah, we we also have leverage heavily on machine learning, right? And, yeah. and automated marketing solutions, right? Uh, so as much as possible, we try to leverage. Uh, all the data points available, uh, you know, to predict what message or what incentive would would optimize activ activation and usage, right? And and here we, uh, you know, we we embed like the cutting edge uh, techniques right in, into our our methods. So wow, that was a lot to take in, Oscar, and some very some very insightful points there. Like I I like that you mentioned that you know you do a lot of segmentation and a lot of research when it comes to the content and when it comes to you know uh sending the right message to the right person with the right context, I, 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 I'm assuming there. So, right. I mean, given, given all of that, I mean, you know, um, given every single sort of example that you just uh, shared with us, like, what would you say are a key metrics for, um, for any marketer to like look out for, especially when, they, when they're looking at, or when they're thinking about things like content, segmentation, targeting, mm -hmm personalization maybe even or machine learning so a lot of that gets lost sort of in the 
in the day-to-day work, right? So what what should what should a marketer look out for uh, when you're measuring results here? Right, right. So yeah, actually, uh, you know, I, I would recommend to have uh, like a suite of different metrics, like depending on uh, you know what what you're trying to understand and and, and monitor and drive. Right, but ultimately, all these metrics uh, lead towards uh, one north star. Right. Uh, in the case of Gcash, this is uh, customer value, sustainable customer value. Right. Uh, and you know, yeah, that's that's a function of uh, you know different kinds of metrics as well. Like uh, customer value, it's driven by uh, you know, but what we call the like, customer uh, metrics. You know, uh, for example, like user or use case activation rates or uh, like transaction frequency retention, things like that. Uh, you know. Customer measure uh, metrics that measure uh, the, the level of engagement of a customer, um, and then we also have uh, financial metrics, right? Uh, transaction value, revenue, margins, all of that, right? So we see it as uh, like a balance between you know these two types of metrics, right? Uh, and actually, like each of these metrics that I just mentioned uh, have further submetrics, right? Uh, and like ultimately, right, uh, the metric that you look uh, look at depends on you know what the objectives of your campaign are right uh, is it like an activation or a resurrection campaign right in which case you're looking at activation rates you know use case activation rates uh, you know if it's a you know a retention campaign where we're looking at you know frequency and diversity of your transactions and you know if it's, if it's monetization you're after then uh, GTV revenue and, and, and margins um, and uh, yeah and actually you know the the, the deeper you go right uh, you know, the closer you get to, um, you know, um, the, the main drivers of your North Star, right? So uh, we also make a distinction between uh, leading and lagging indicators, right? So like lagging indicators, like customer profitability, or uh, let's say long-term retention, uh, you know, these are actually the, the metrics that are closer to our North Star, but they take so long to observe. And uh, in general, they're harder to, you know, attribute uh, to specific actions, right? Or so that's like where leading. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's like our goal, right? Uh, yeah. But it's it's kind of uh, a, a bit removed from uh, the things that we do day to day. So you know, we look at leading indicators, right? Uh, you know, things that uh, are immediately attributable to our actions, uh, like campaign conversion, right? So these are faster to observe. Uh, you know, more directly attributable to our to our actions and strategies. Um, and in general, like we we focus on uh, driving leading indicators uh, with our campaigns, uh, but we also observe you know over longer time horizons, uh, you know to see how well these translate to our lagging indicators, uh, and then ultimately our our north star, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So um, right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Sorry. Um, so essentially, um, what you're saying here is that there really should be a primary focus when it comes to key metrics, whether it might be financial, whether it might be campaign wise, um, that always has to be clear when you're, you know, doing work with, uh, for whatever purpose it is in your jobs, that North star, which is something that will, you know, um, trademark to Gcash <laughs> is definitely something, uh, um, all marketers. Right. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, but one thing I think marketers might not know, I mean, it's its a fault, right? Like people don't know what they don't know. Um, what are some common pitfalls that you think marketers need to look out for, especially when it comes to, you know, dealing with an e-wallet type uh, campaign? Right, right. So, right. Uh, so actually, yeah, uh, 
yeah, over, over my uh, you know years of experience in, in the space, uh, yeah, I, I have stumbled across uh, a number of pitfalls that you know many marketers uh, you know make. Um, so I suppose the first on my list would be not measuring delta. So like delta, you know, the symbol for for change, right? Uh, so uh, many marketers, you know, they look at campaign conversion rates uh, without considering baseline activity, right? So, uh, you know, for example, I launch a campaign, I see take-up rates, and I assume 100% of that take-up rate is due to me, right? Uh, but what, what I don't see, right, is, uh, you know, if I didn't do the campaign, how many or what percentage of people would have done that activity anyway, right? Uh, so you always have to account for that, right? Uh, maybe in the form of, uh, you know, uh, let's say you have a, a, a test uh, setup, you have a test let's say a treatment base, a control base, right? Uh, you know, and the only difference be between the two uh, is the treatment, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and any differences in, in, your, in your KPIs, you know, after you do the experiment or after you do the, the campaign uh, between the, the treatment and control base, that's your, that's your delta, right? So always look for delta. Um, and I suppose uh, related to that, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's being satisfied with initial results, right? Um, not iterating, right? It's, so it's, it's, it's unlikely that you stumbled upon like the best strategy on your first try. So there's always yeah. room for improvement. Yeah, like, if even only, right, small, in an ideal world. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, you know, if, if you're lucky, I suppose, um, right? But, uh, you know, so there's always room for improvement, right? Even small iterations to improve lifts uh, over time, right? Uh, so uh, I would recommend uh, like applying a champion challenger framework Right, so in, in this kind of framework, like uh, the, the the champion would be the treatment that that's your best bet. Uh, the challenger would be you know alternative treatments like your uh, quote unquote the next best treatments, right? Uh, so uh, so you, you you launch both of these uh, treatments, right? Uh, right, but the champion being your best bet would have maybe the larger share of the sample, right? Uh, and then you know, and then you over time like you you examine right. Uh, is the which is the champion indeed uh, outperforming the challenger, right? Uh, if ever the challenger uh, wins, it becomes a new challenger. Uh, sorry, the new champion, right? And then you have to come up with a new challenger, uh, you know, and uh, hopefully that outperforms the champion. If not, then you find a new challenger, right? So it's it's a constant process of, you know, testing different campaigns. See. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and yeah. Beyond that, uh, I think also not observing, you know campaign performance over time, right? So, uh, and this would apply maybe to always on campaigns, right? Um, so initial results might not be sustained. Uh, you, you always need to refresh uh, your campaigns. Absolutely. Um, and I think, yeah, uh, one last point, I think over-engineering campaigns, right? So there's a tendency for marketers to uh, apply every bit of knowledge and insight from customer reports, um, mm. you know, into their campaigns. Uh, for example, if, if a research says uh, users are skewed towards being female, uh, say between the age of 25 to 35 and maybe in the BPO industry. Uh, so some marketers, you know, they would uh, tend to design a campaign around this specific profile. Um, however, you know, this specific segment might only be a fraction of the base. So you would end up leaving a lot of value if you just focus on this specific profile. And in fact, you know, that profile might not even be valid. Uh, so combinations of gender, age, and industry averages like don't necessarily describe real people, right? Correct. Um, so, you know, for example, like, uh, 
hardly anyone is named uh, Muhammad Wang, right? Uh, so that's the most <laughs> common first and last name in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, so despite that, you know, you don't see many people uh, with that name. Um, and uh, right, so the more specific an insight is, the less likely it actually applies to the base and the less likely it's even true. So instead focus on, you know, more obviously true insights. Um, and uh, sorry, my, my son just walked in. <laughs> he's a, he's, yeah. a, he's yeah. learning about learning. insights. That's good. <laughs> yeah, learn instead. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to um, you know recommend to like learn from campaign results and experimentation, right? Uh, and establish uh, causal relationships. So these are the insights that you know you could take home with you and you know uh, actually create value from your for your campaigns. Sounds perfect. And I mean, I like what you said about sort of you know. Um, the, the kind of sin or the kind of mistake that some marketers do, especially when it's like analysis paralysis already, when you have all these different learnings or insights, quote unquote, that you get and you sort of want to use all of them all in, all in your future campaigns. But then you do raise a very legitimate point. Like, you know, not all of those insights will apply to the base or to your entire uh a list of users. So that's definitely something us marketers need to, uh, you know, uh, get practice, I guess, or get better at doing. So essentially, um, Oscar, we are almost uh, at the end of our session uh, with uh, for this afternoon, rather. So, so far, um, Oscar has shared so many insights on app, on e-wallets, and even just being like a, um, a steady and consistent marketer in today's app, app riddled world. So um, Oscar, I, I guess one last question I have from Netcore would be, what do you see as the future of CRM or of um, e-wallets in general? Mm -hmm. Right, right. So, well, I'm seeing more marketing automation, you know, mm. uh, less manual processes, uh, more, you know, programmatic, always on campaigns and, and less one-off campaigns. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, reliance in, uh, in artificial intelligence, right, uh, for, for these decision makings, um, you know, less humans in the loop, right? So, uh, so actually, if, if I may make a, a fearless forecast, right? Sure. Uh, there is this technique, um, it's called reinforcement learning. Mm. Right? Uh, I, I'm predicting it'll be the AI marketing buzzword of the future. Right, so, uh, so, so basically, uh, it's an algorithm that you could use in automated recommender systems, right? Um, so, but you know, what makes reinforcement learning um, you know, better or more, more powerful than traditional methods, uh, it has automated experimentation, right? The, the, the machine like, decides how to learn on its own. Um, and it, it balances, right? It, it balances uh, exploration of new strategies uh, with the exploitation of existing winners, right? Um, so it's it's like the perfection of the champion challenger framework. Um, and you know, if if we have uh, such a tool, right? Um, you know, marketers would be able to focus more on content generation, right? Uh, because this this uh, this algorithm it's it's content hungry, right? Uh, so you just the vision is like you know you're gonna have this tool. It decides on what journey or what campaign works best for what customer, right? Uh, and you know. It's gonna want to look for more options, right? Uh, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna, you know, uh, ask for more, uh, more journeys, more strategies for it to test the to the users so that it could find the optimal strategy, right? Uh, and then, you know, as marketers, we could focus more on content generation, 
right? Rather right. than like deciding on targeting strategies and, and such, right? Perfect. Well, those are some final thoughts from Oscar. Uh, Oscar, thank you once again for joining us this afternoon. Uh, it was a pleasure having you over. Thank you for all of your insights. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Miguel. Yeah. Yes, of course. And to everyone listening, uh, I hope you learned a lot this afternoon. And I do hope um, you're all keeping safe and hopefully uh, staying at home. Uh, thank you so much again. Uh, this has been NetCourse Podcast Session.